Hello and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career changes are not a straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change. We inspire people that are thinking to change career. We support people that want or need to change career, but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief, unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey, and with one third of our lives spent working, it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to the Career Changers. Our guest today is Peter Karius, leadership and career coach, helping aspiring leaders go from imposters to corporate superstars. In Peter's words, the journey that was definitely not straightforward for me. Growing up, it was very clear that being employed was the only way to have a career. It took me years of ignoring my inner voice to actually come to the realization that I could not possibly remain in a corporate career for the next 13 years and then just retire one day. Once I made the leap, the real world began as I had jumped into the unknown and with inside pick one of the most difficult times to start out in a new business venture. Today, Peter is going to share his wisdom and career change story with us. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So um, we're going to start by looking at your background. And we're curious to know how did you start your professional life or better, what was your first job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my first job right out of university was to join a graduate development program um, in procurement, actually at a large aerospace company in the UK. And that's where I ended up working for almost nine years, um, just right out of university. And what was your dream job when you were a child? I wanted to become a professional golfer. So I was obsessed with golf. I still am actually in, in many ways. And um, so it's definitely something I wanted to do full-time growing up. Mm. Um, but then it's not what you pursued. So uh, what is your educational background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I hold a undergraduate and a graduate degree in international business. And um, I studied in the UK and Canada and France for my undergraduate degree. And then I did my master's uh, part-time as I was working full-time um, at the University of Birmingham. Hmm. So, um, well, 
we are the career changers. So obviously, uh, one of our main topic is uh, about uh, making career change. Mm. And that's something that you have experienced um, in first person. So how and when did you start thinking about becoming a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So I was reflecting on this. You know, the journey kind of started unconsciously several years ago. Um, I got into personal development first, and then I hired a coach myself. Um, and I was still working in the aerospace industry at the time and um, had a lot of time to think because I was constantly traveling back and forth between Germany and the US. So, you know, a lot of time spent in planes um, and there's only so many movies you can watch. So there's a, it's, it's kind of, it's a good time to reflect. And, you know, I noticed that I actually enjoyed learning about myself quite a lot. And as I learned more, I also want to share it with other people and kind of help them in the same way that the information was helping me. So that's how kind of very initially, and like I said, it was really unconscious how I got kind of on that path at the beginning. Mm. So how did you transition from one career to the other and why? Yeah. So um, as I kind of, as, as I was on this personal development journey, I started becoming more intentional about my life, but also my career. And I was reflecting on the fact um, that I did, didn't actually know why I had ended up where I ended up. So don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed my job a lot. Actually, I enjoyed the people I was working with a lot. It was all very exciting. But I asked myself, you know, why did I choose this path? And I actually had no answer. So I began to think about, well, you know, what would I want to do? Um, kind of for the first time in my life, honestly, I was like kind of, you know, this kind of a, a curious question, like, what would you want to do, Peter? Um, and becoming a coach, you know, wasn't initially on the top of the list. Um, but as I dug deeper, and kind of thought about it more about what I want to get out of a career versus you know a position, um, it became an actual option. Um, I realized I really enjoy developing people, like working with people and developing them. Um, I wanted to make a tangible impact and an impact that I could see as well. And I also wanted to have a certain degree of independence uh, to kind of operate a business from different locations around the world. So that's really what how that kind of transition um, came about. Hmm. So um, generally, career changers have to face many challenges before they can complete the transition yeah. uh, to a new way of life and not just a new career. So what were the challenges that did you that you had to face to overcome uh, um, that you had to face, sorry, and yeah. to, to transition to a new career? Yeah, absolutely. So um, hands down, it was mindset for me. You know, I was very much an employee. I'd always worked for a company, you know, like I said, um, you know, almost kind of spent a decade at a, at a multinational. And so that was really the biggest difference for me to that kind of mindset shift on, you know, coming from being an employee, you get a paycheck at the end of, of the month, at least that's how, that's how it always was for me, you know, in Germany, you get money at the end of the month. And um, so it was very, you know, it was completely different. And I'm responsible for what goes on in the entire business right now. And so, you know, kind of certainly doing marketing and sales was something that I just wasn't used to at all because I was in the procurement side. So the opposite end. And, you know, if I learned anything, it's that the mindset is so much more important, you know, for setting up a business than, you know, the strategies. And that kind of applies to not just business, but anything in life, in my opinion. Um, Bob Proctor said it really well. And I, I think he said, um, mindset is 95% of success and strategy is 5%. So, you know, if you don't do anything else other than work on your mindset, you know, you're, you're virtually guaranteed to be successful, actually, to become successful. So, you know, I think there's so much information out there in terms of, you know, like 
lead generation strategies, building funnels and so on. And, you know, they all have their place, absolutely. Um, but certainly as a coach, consultant, trainer, anything like that, in my opinion, you need to work on your mindset and that, and continuously work on your mindset as well. And that was certainly the biggest challenge for me to kind of make that shift of, um, of, being, of being a coach and, and being uh, a business owner as well, an operator. So your life has changed, I guess, after you change mm. your career. So yeah. what is your typical day like today? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. I, I'm not sure there is such a thing as a typical day. There are definitely elements that are typical. So every day starts off with study for me. So um, I, I always study for about an hour. Um, and then I, you know, because I'm com committed to constantly growing and learning. And I, I believe that's really important, you know, like I said, for a coach, but really for any anyone, um, it's important. How you do that is very individual, obviously. And after that, I have a set of morning routines that I kind of do. Um, they include different things, you know, graduate exercise, meditation. And then I have a mix of calls with clients and prospects as well. Um, you know, I spend time engaging with my audience um, on social media and, and other ways as well. And then it's just, you know, managing the business and, and doing creative work. So th those are really kind of the, the constants um, of, of most days. Uh, so I'm looking at the next question, actually, <laughs> thinking in my mind, the imposter syndrome, something that yeah. is everywhere when uh, when reading about career change. And I know yeah. many people that have been, uh, been always mentioning to me how they felt uh, um, in their yeah. careers. Mm -hmm. So it's something very common. Um, yeah. And part of your work is to help ambitious professionals to overcome imposter syndrome. Yeah. So uh, for who has never heard of it, what is it and how is affecting people during their journey to self-realization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you haven't heard of it, you probably just not consciously heard of it, but you've probably experienced it anyway. Um, so it's, it's basically this kind of feeling like you're a fraud and not having the confidence in your own abilities to do something that you're doing or like already or doing new things. And as you say, you know, it shows up oftentimes when people go through change, um, you know, in the workplace, it's either maybe people are getting promoted or they're just getting generally more responsibility. So there is this new dimension of something that they're doing and it's outside of their, their comfort zone or, or the thing that they typically do. And um, it can kind of often creep in. But at the end of the day, it's an emotion. You know, it's, it's a feeling that people are creating um, based on, you know, their thoughts, um, their thoughts in the types of situations where they're experiencing imposter syndrome. Um, and as people become more self-aware, you know, as you say, the self-realization, um, you know, they typically start understanding the connection between thoughts and emotions or thoughts and feelings. Um, and that's great because that's actually a really good point to then address the imposter syndrome from that perspective, because we do create it ourselves. It is the way we think of ourselves that creates the emotion of feeling like an imposter. Mm. So I'm sure you may have mentioned something already in your answer, but I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah, anyway. definitely. Um, as individuals, what do we need to look at to understand mm. the roots of imposter syndrome? Is it actually something that is connected with our self-esteem? Yeah, so like I said, it's, it really comes down to our thoughts. And, you know, let me just emphasize something which, you know, was eye-opening for me. And I know it has been eye-opening for many of the people that I work with and who have just shared this with in general, you know, we choose our thoughts and we decide whether we accept the things we think or whether we reject them. Um, so the root cause of imposter syndrome is our own thinking. And yes, it's, it's connected to self-esteem because 
that is again, you know, pretty simply put is the way we feel about ourselves as a result of how we think about ourselves. So yeah, there's definitely a connection between the two. Is there a quick exercise that our listeners can experiment to connect and overcome their imposter syndrome? Maybe not mm. to overcome yet, but yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. at least to connect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think there's definitely like some some quick things you can do um, just to at least get you started. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's I think overcoming is maybe um, it's not a quick definitely not maybe it's not a quick fix. Um, the the one thing I'd encourage people to do is to write down write down a list. Um, of all the reasons why you seeing yourself as an imposter is simply not true. So basically just write down, you know, what, what objective facts are there and subjective facts, but start with the objective ones because you can't dispute them. Why are you not an imposter? You know, and when you're, because when you're in the moment, it's easy to find evidence for why you're right to feel like an imposter. You know, when you're in a situation that makes you feel like a fraud, when you may be uncomfortable, it's something new and you just don't feel like you belong there. It's very easy to, to look around you and see, okay, well, this person would be better suited for this, or I just don't know the answers, which therefore makes me, you know, not the right fit for this. So there's plenty of things you can do in the moment um, when you're in that situation, but when you kind of step away from it, you slow down a bit and you take a few minutes to actually reflect on it, you find lots of reasons also why that's not true, why you're actually not an imposter. And then once you've written that list down, um, and you should, by the way, you should be adding to it all the time. Like don't stop adding to it because you keep on, as you ask yourself that question, why am I not an imposter? You'll come up with more reasons for why that's true. And then put it somewhere you can access it quickly. You know, maybe like your notes app on your phone or something like that, just where you can bring it up. And then before going into situations that you know tend to cause you to feel like an imposter, read that list and give yourself plenty of positive evidence, positive reinforcement for why you're not an imposter. Because when you've been reminding yourself um, of all the reasons why you're not, why you're awesome, like why you're not an imposter, it's a lot more difficult to feel like an imposter in that moment. Um, but yeah, ultimately, kind of overcoming it longer term um, and forming a better self-image of yourself requires more work. But it, this is this is certainly an excellent starting point to get you through, like more tactically through the situations on a, on a day-to-day basis. Mm. So during our journey um, to reach uh, success. And with success, I mean, whatever is meaningful to us. Um, We always think that uh, um, external factors are very important, but sometimes Mm. we can be the first one to affect the final result through Mm self-sabotage. So is imposter syndrome connected in any way with self-sabotage? And in your experience as a coach, how often people are self-sabotaging themselves? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose you could say it's a form of self-sabotage, yes. Um, I, I don't have any statistics on, on this, but I'd say you know, we're constantly practicing self-sabotage on a daily basis. You know, the, the moment you say something like, I can't do this, or you know, maybe it's for other people, not for me, um, that's the moment, you know, you're, you're sabotaging your own success. Um, and, you know, in most cases, if not in all cases, really, um, there's probably no basis for saying or thinking that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's definitely that and self-sabotage is, is rife. We, we do this to ourselves all the time. Um, so you're working a lot with professional people that, mm-hmm. and help them to um, progress in their career or achieve their full potential. 
So what are the signs that indicate that our leadership potential is still unfulfilled? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? I'd ask myself, do I have the desire, like the genuine desire, the genuine interest in leading others? And if that's the case, am I currently a leader? And when I say leader, I'm not talking about your title, but how you're showing up in general, you know, in, in the workplace or wherever it is you'd like to lead. That, you know, it could be, it could be different situations, could be in your social life, um, could be in a club, whatever that is. And if there is a gap between where you currently are and where you want to be, then that's a good indicator that there is unfulfilled potential because you basically, you have the desire, but you're not there. So there's a, there's a gap, right? So I just encourage the listeners to really tune into their own intuition on that point. And just to kind of do that simple analysis that I just suggested and really just see is, do I have that gap? And if I do, then yeah, there's, there's a good chance that um, it's, well, it's not a good chance that it is unfulfilled in that case. Um, what are the right steps that we can take to develop our leadership potential? Start by developing yourself and leading yourself. Um, I think the, the, way I, the way I look at leadership is you lead yourself, you then become able to lead others, and then you develop other leaders. And so what I mean by leading yourself is, um, you know, what does it take to lead people? Now, there's many things that come to mind, right? So the ability to make decisions, providing direction, being able to motivate, giving feedback, you know, having empathy, lots of different things, so on and so forth, right? And in my opinion, you need to be able to do those things for yourself first before you can then credibly do them for others. And as you start leading yourself, then you're able to lead others. And then you're also able to develop others. But you know, the way I see it and the way I, I, I practice leadership development is the individual needs to be ready first and foremost in my view. So going back to your career change, uh, here we always talk about transferable skills because something really essential when someone is looking and moving from uh, one career to the other. So um, what life or transfer transferable skills have you learned from your different jobs? Where to even begin? There's just, I think there's so much to unpack <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the career, right? I think what, what stands out for me, probably you know, amongst everything, is um, how to build relationships with people from different cultures, from different backgrounds, um, you know, just completely different from just how I am. And I had the privilege um, to interact with people from really a wide range of all walks of life, you know, all the way from people on the shop floor to CEOs and from different parts of the world completely. So being able to build rapport um, at all levels um, with people who I might really not share much is, is you know, probably by far one of the most valuable skills that that I've developed um, in my career. So um, our listeners and followers are generally interested uh, um, in listening to advice uh, that would ease their journey to self-realization. Mm. So um, what type of advice would you give to anyone um, that is um, uh, going through that uh, journey? I say to people, be really open and give yourself permission to learn. Um, you know, I'd encourage people to just be really open um, about questioning their views on most things, if not everything. Um, I think humility, you know, and wanting to gain self-awareness is, is key. 
Um, because if you approach it from kind of a place where I already know everything, then it's probably not going to be very fruitful endeavor. So just be really open um, about what you're going to find. And equally, be open to new things and new approaches. So for example, um, you know, when I kind of started out, one of the things that was suggested to me was uh, meditation. Now, obviously meditation has been around for, for, I don't know, millennia, I guess. It's been around forever. Um, but I you know, had some misconceptions about what it actually was. Um, and I just remember being very skeptical about it. Um, it's kind of funny to say that now, actually. It's kind of, um, but you know, that, that's how, where I was at the time. Um, but now looking back, and certainly today, like I practice meditation on a, on a regular basis. And it's, you know, it's really providing me with insights every time I do it. Um, but if I hadn't had an open mind, I probably would have just dismissed it because I had some um, preconception, which, you know, wasn't, wasn't even accurate. So yeah, just being really open and, and, and let yourself learn and let yourself experience new things and, get, and, and allow yourself to gain insights, which whatever they may be, and they may be very different to what you would have expected. And uh, um, instead, what advice would you give to someone looking to change their career? Yeah, I'd say look at what matters to you first. Don't look at the, the job or, you know, the entrepreneurial endeavor, um, you know, the kind of the label, if that sounds interesting. Um, I'd always recommend to look at your purpose, your why, your reason for doing something. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something lofty. Um, you know, it can be just something very down to earth as well. Like, you know, it could be anything from saving the rainforest to, you know, providing for your family. And I guess sometimes I feel like purpose has people think, oh, God, this is, has to have to have this big, you know, mission to save humanity. Um, it's just something, whatever matters to you. Um, that, that's what I would recommend to start out with. And actually, I, I recently read a book on this subject um, called The Purpose Path by, by Nicholas Pierce. And he proposes a set of five questions, which, which I think are a great starting point to start looking at this. And so the first one was, um, what is success? You know, how do you find success for yourself? And that's a very, I would encourage everybody to look at that from a very, very individual lens rather than, you know, you kind of alluded to it before from maybe like what is success for you versus what does society expects successes? doesn't matter what is success for you. The next thing is who, who am I? So really this kind of building a self-awareness and then why am I here? And then am I running the right race? So, you know, are the things that I'm doing, are they actually in alignment with me? And then am I running the race well? So is what I'm doing, am I doing a good job of it? I, I, I love those five questions. And I think they're a great starting point to get more of an answer of, you know, what is the potential purpose in my life? And the, the how, as in, you know, the job, um, the entrepreneur, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you end up doing is kind of a byproduct of you going through that exercise. That's what I encourage people to do. Um, so if anyone would like to get in touch with you and discover more about your work, um, where and how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very present on LinkedIn. So just search for Peter Karius, um, K-A-R-I-U-S, my last name, and um, you'll find me there um, or my website as well, peterkarius.com. Thank you. So now we are reaching the end of our episode. And um, the last question is, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Mm. I love that question. I think we all wish we had that opportunity. Um, <laughs> I, 
I would say be very discerning um, about whom you ask for advice. Um, I think it's very important to ask for a variety of opinions, um, you know, from different kinds of people. Um, the drawback is you're asking people of their opinions and um, they're looking at, you know, whatever you're asking for um, through their own lens of their life and their career based on their own experiences, which may not actually be relevant to you, right? And you might not know that in the moment, but it could just be, there could be some beliefs there that actually don't align with yours. Um, so I'd say be discerning who you ask, ask a lot of people, but when you get advice, ask yourself whether you actually want to believe that and trust yourself to decide whether it is actually the right advice for you. So feel empowered, even though you've asked someone that might have 30 years more experience than you, still ask yourself, you know, is that really what I want to believe? Do, do I choose to accept the limits that that person has set for themselves and now is imposed upon me? So that's, I'd love, I'd love to be able to tell myself that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, thank Peter. you. I mean, uh, that's a great answer. And uh, this is one of our questions that we ask to all our guests. Mm. And uh, I actually never heard this answer before. So uh, definitely something to point out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes we may ask for opinion that we are not happy with what we hear back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Peter, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational career change story and wisdom. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. A last message to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for a new inspirational episode of The Career Changers. Thank you again. <laughs>